Chapter 20 I was still deciding what to do when my sister walked into the bar. Her hair was bleached blonde, but as distant as we used to be, I still recognised her. She looked around in much the same way Tim had. She walked in between the booths until her eyes fell on him. I left Steve to talk to the woman on his own, as I wandered over to get a closer look at what was going on between my sister and my murderer now. Did he want to extort more money from her? Or maybe she found someone else for him to kill? He looked up at her before pointing to the seat next to him. Emma sat, a bit like the Labrador the neighbours adopted when we were kids. Her blonde hair reminded me of that same Labrador, Dory. I shook my head. It wasn't the time to be thinking about the neighbour's dog. She had more humanity than my sister did anyway. Dory followed me to school every day, then waited outside at the end of the day to walk me home. I never understood how she knew what time it was. My point is, not once did the dog pay some sicko to kill me, so that's why I preferred her to my sister. What did you do? Tim hissed at Emma. His fingers clamped around her arm. She squirmed as she said, I didn't do anything. I got the ID back for you, remember? You're the one who let that slut steal it from you in the first place. Then you called me out of the blue and say the police have it. How do you suppose that happened? I don't know. The way she shook her head reminded me of an alternative version of the nodding dog from the adverts. Again with the dogs. I'm not sure why I kept thinking about them. Perhaps it was because of the way my sister acted. Like an animal, only worse. Animal behaviour comes down to survival. I was never a threat to Emma. She would have survived just fine without having me killed. Are you double-crossing me? Tim accused. No, I swear. She pulled her arm from his grasp and got to her feet. You should remember, if I get arrested for this, I tell the police everything. I'll fix it, Emma promised. Emma turned to leave and I took a step to follow her. I glanced over at Steve. He was deep in conversation with a brunette. I felt bad leaving him there after I dragged him out of his comfort zone. This was my sister hinting that she would obstruct the investigation into my murder though. Her attempts to save her own skin would get more women killed. Innocent women who hadn't paid someone to kill their own sisters. The decision was made. I wanted to follow Emma, but another glance at Tim with his eyes transfixed on the woman talking to Steve told me Steve's new friend might be in trouble. Tim smiled and walked over despite Steve sitting right there. I watched Emma leave, the door swung behind her. I had to stay. He may have found the new victim, one he hadn't spotted before, and it was all my fault. My actions had led to this change of events. I'm sorry to interrupt, I'm Neil, Tim lied. Steve recognised him, I could tell by the way his gaze fell on me, like he was waiting for me to instruct him on what to do. Don't let him leave here with her, I warned. I'm Julia and this is Steve, she said, but I'm afraid I'm not interested, I'm talking to Steve. I fought the urge to swear. Now Steve was on Tim's radar again. I didn't want that to happen, not after the last time. I'll tell you what, Tim said. His voice started slurring as if suddenly drunk. 
He was sober only minutes earlier while threatening Emma. Me and you in a game of pool, he challenged Steve. For what? Steve looked at Tim, then at Julia before his eyes fell on me. The woman, Tim announced. Tell him not to be ridiculous, I said. Don't be ridiculous, she's a person not prized to win in a game of pool. Julia gave Steve a grateful smile. She turned to Tim. How about a counter-offer? If Steve beats you at a pool, you leave us alone. And if I win? Julia reached for a purse and looked inside. I'll give you £30. She didn't know her £30 was nothing compared to £2,500 Emma paid him. All right, he agreed, but I suspected he had something else up his sleeve. I made sure Steve won. With every ball that dangled over the pocket, I gave it a small amount of encouragement to drop. Each shot when Steve was a little off, I managed to divert the ball back on track with a 75% success rate. It was a little more difficult, but a 100% success rate would have caused suspicion anyway. No way, Tim snapped. His bottom lip trembled as if he might cry. I began to add information to my psychological profile of Tim. It struck me that he was used to getting what he wanted one way or another. I guess his parents spoiled him as a child, thinking they were doing the right thing. I would have been surprised to learn he had siblings, but maybe he did and they no longer stayed in touch with him. He could be the black sheep of the family. Maybe that played a part in why he became a killer, after discovering life wouldn't work out the way it was while growing up and getting everything he wanted, then his family cutting him out of their lives because he became too demanding. It seemed plausible. Although not every disillusioned person becomes a killer. So he obviously had underlying psychological problems to begin with. Whatever his background story happened to be. Time for you to get home, I think, Julia suggested. Steve glared at Tim. If I didn't know him, I would find the look somewhat threatening. Tim grunted, muttering something under his breath as he left. Like a miracle had occurred, he became sober again. His steps towards the door were in a straight line where previously they resembled those of someone who spun around in circles before attempting to walk. He's not going to give up that easily, I guess. Maybe I should walk you home in case he hangs around outside, Steve said. He did look like the kind of person who hangs out in dark alleys, but I'll be fine. She didn't grasp how close to the truth her words were. Steve looked at me for guidance again. Give her your number to call you when she gets home. He wrote his number on a blank space at the bottom of a beer mat, then handed it to her. Let me know when you get home, so I don't worry. This isn't a pick-up line, but I really didn't get a good vibe from that guy. After you call me, you can bin this if you like. Thank you. She took the beer mat, dropping it into a bag. I might keep the number. It's not every day someone plays and wins a game of pool for my honour. She flashed him a smile which seemed to brighten up her face. Maybe I would even have found her attractive if I was a man. And alive. Steve watched her all the way to the door with an expression I hadn't seen on his face before. I could tell that he liked her. He was concerned about Tim getting to her. I don't know why this surprised me. 
Steve was a loner, only venturing out of his house when he had to. I forced him out to a bar to prepare him for meeting and connecting with someone else, someone living. I never thought about him meeting someone so soon though. It's okay, I've got this, I said, not waiting for a response before I went after her. I passed through the door and out into the street. She stood on the corner where the taxis usually park up to wait for customers, but there wasn't a taxi in sight. People spilled out of nearby pubs, bars and restaurants as others shoved their way in, as if to take their places. It was a busy night for taxi drivers. Julia looked from left to right then crossed the road, presumably towards the nearest bus stop. She didn't make it though. I spotted Tim racing after her before she heard his footsteps over the nearby traffic. I thought he couldn't try anything without someone in one of the passing cars spotting him and intervening. He proved me wrong by grabbing her arms. What are you doing? Julia yelled. She pulled away, one foot backing into the road. The driver of a blue car beeped the horn and swerved to avoid her. The car failed to stop though. What are you doing? I shouted too, but at the car, which was then in the distance. She needs help. You owe me a conversation, Tim said, retrieving one of her arms and tugging her back onto the pavement. He kept a tight grip on her. My friend beat you at pull, that was a deal. How about we change the deal to you becoming a decent person and being civil to me? I haven't done anything to you, just talk to me. Okay, what would you like to talk about? Tim let go of Julia's arm and smiled. That's better. He walked towards the alley between two shops. Let's talk. Down there? Why can't we talk here? She asked. Privacy. I've got to get home. Julia turned and began to walk away, taking long strides. Get back here, bitch, Tim snapped, reminding me of someone possessed by a demon in the horror movie. His mouth contorted into a grimace. He caught up with Julia and slammed her into a wall. She gasped and tried to speak. Cars continued to pass, but not one of the drivers stopped to offer any assistance. Help, she managed to squeak. Do you want to talk now? He asked, trying to drag her away somewhere more secluded, I guessed. You want me to help you? I closed my eyes, hoping that the theory Steve and I had come up with about me having unlimited energy was right. I concentrated on materialising the way I did at Tim's house. I was afraid for my sister then. Anger fueled me this time. Anger that Tim was about to take another life. The life of the first woman, possibly in years, who had shown an interest in Steve. No, she wants my help, I said, becoming corporeal in front of him. He let go of Julia and staggered backwards. You? Oh, how sweet, you remember me. Well, I guess you never forget your first time. Not to mention how long you must have been spending wanking over that article of me. My face probably appears in your wet dreams all the time now. I walked forwards as he crawled backwards. Let's see if we could change those dreams into waking nightmares. Julia looked at me, then at the road. I thought she might run, which would have been the best thing for her to do, but it seemed a little rude when as far as she knew, I'd stopped to help her. She couldn't realise I was a ghost. I shoved Tim into the wall to see how he liked it. Which wasn't that much, judging by the pained expression on his face. Julia ran. 
but only towards the road. She called for help as cars tried to swerve around her. Tim regained enough composure to run in the opposite direction to the car pulling up to find out what was going on. He tried to attack me, Julia said. Who? Him? The man asked as he climbed out of the vehicle. He was tall and would have towered over Tim, likely causing him to soil himself. That idea made me smile to myself. He had humiliated me by grinding against me as I bled out. He gained sexual pleasure from the act of me dying. Smiling at him soiling himself felt like some kind of karma, even if only in my imagination. Yes, Julia said as the passenger side of the car opened. Are you okay? A woman asked. She didn't look okay herself. Her hands were on her expansive stomach. She was barely held up by a pair of skinny legs as her drawn-out words give away the exertion from just standing there. It seemed obvious she was pregnant. I asked myself if I could deliver a baby. I doubted I could while alive, so why would I be able to while dead? Tim rounded the corner at the end of the road, disappearing out of sight. Get back in the car, love, the man told his wife. Not until I know she's okay. He's gone now. I'm really sorry, but my wife and I are on the way to the hospital. She's having a baby, he explained. Julia looked in my direction, but I was no longer visible. There was a woman. She helped me, I think. Okay. Well, the guy who tried to attack you is gone now. Maybe she scared him off, he suggested. We should at least give her a lift to the police station on our way to the hospital, the woman suggested, clutching the door as a contraction started. No, no, go. I'll make my own way there, Julia said. Her skin was drained of colour. I wasn't sure if it was because of Tim or the possibility of the woman and her husband driving her to the police station and the woman giving birth on the way. They both got into the car, leaving Julia standing on the curb. I followed her to the police station, not wanting to risk Tim trying again if he decided to lurk somewhere nearby rather than return home unsatisfied. <laughs>